All right. All right. A much-needed win last night at Madison Square. The Knicks are back on track. Um, and, boy, we got a tough one. There was a needed win because we got Miami tomorrow night. So it was a perfect time to run into a team like the Rockets. Uh, Brunson was a DMP. He, you know, he's got the sprained wrist now. But from what I'm hearing, he, he seems like he could be good to go tomorrow. He's still listed as questionable, but from what they were saying on the telecast, he's good. And the Knicks pick up an, an easy win, though it wasn't like that from the jump. But it was a needed win regardless. Episode 500 of BD4. Let's talk Knicks. Let's get to the intro. Welcome to BD4, an RJ Carbone podcast. BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. BD4 is a five-star show on Apple Podcasts, also available in video format on YouTube and Spotify. So thanks for stopping by, and we hope you enjoy the show. Champion of the world! Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes down, and the game is tied. Time! Penetrates, creates, and showing some dexterity as well with the left hand. Yankees win! All right. So, yeah, that was a big win. Um, It was one the Knicks needed. Welcome to episode 500 of the podcast. I'm your host, RJ. So, the Knicks defeated the Rockets last night, 137-115. Expected. Needed. Doing what they had to do. Um, You know, in the first quarter, very fast-paced game from the start. Rockets were getting a bit too many uh, open, mid-range looks off screens. But the Knicks got some early life on their end. From Quickly and from Randall. You know, the two guys who... I don't want to say it was a spat, but, you know, obviously the carryover from last game. There was none. Those two guys ended up leading the team in points. Um, but they were both feeding off each other early on. Um, so that whole thing's gone. Bench checks in late first quarter, early second quarter. Deuce is playing well. Hartenstein playing well. He gets a steal. Josh Hart gets the block. The Knicks are running the break. Later in the period, they start slowing it down in the half court. Post-ups, generating contact, getting to the line, and knocking down free throws. R.J. Barrett is hot in the second quarter. 12 points in the period. He's getting to the basket. He's exploiting mismatch uh, uh, matchups. Um, and so the Knicks go up 10 points with about 7 minutes and change in the second quarter. Then the Rockets start getting hot. They start getting to the line, knocking down some more jumpers, and the Knicks were playing some pretty poor defense on the outside. They weren't boxing out down low uh, and just looking very lazy in their transition defense, which has become an unfortunate theme over the last couple weeks. Um, So the game was tied up a couple times later in the second quarter, but the Knicks, they do get a few to fall at the end of the half. 
and they go up five points despite a lackluster first half. Uh, and then they do get hot a few minutes after the third quarter starts. Quickly's getting into the paint. Mitchell Robinson with some big defense at the basket. Block party. Um, Randall's working from three-point range. The Knicks go up a dozen around the eight-minute mark in the, in the uh, third quarter. But then Houston makes another run. you got Kevin Porter Jr. He has some moments. He's going back and forth with Nick Guards. Um, again, though, it's the Nick Guards who, who propel a little run in the end, quickly scoring at all levels. Grimes starts contributing in the third quarter there. The Nick defense picks it up. They go up 12 after three quarters. And then fourth quarter was kind of just garbage time. Uh, after the first few minutes, you know, Obi gets hot right away and he breaks out for 15 points. The Knicks starters get some um, uncharacteristic rest from Tom Thibodeau. And the Knicks end up winning 137-115 last night. Quickly drops a career-high 40. RJ and Randall bounce back with efficient nights. Both of them over 50% as well. Um, and a great job from the bench unit too, especially on the defensive side of the floor. All four of them contributing on both ends. Um, I want to start this one with Emmanuel quickly because quickly was, he was the best player on the floor last night. And so when we return from break, we're going to talk IQ. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey guys. So if you are a listener of the podcast often and you want to know where to find me on social media, you can find me on Facebook at BD4. You can find me on Twitter at bd 4 Pod. And you can also find me on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. All right, welcome back to the show. I am giving the game ball last night amongst the starting units to Emmanuel Quickly 100%. Bing bang. Emmanuel Quickly last night. Quickly, quickly was, was unbelievable. Uh, 40 points. But it came on 14 out of 18 shooting. Nine assists, a steal, a block, a turnover. 14 of 18. He was 5 of 7 from 3. A plus 18 overall, and he played 30 minutes. Setting the tone right away. Uh, you know, I was listening to a podcast last night in, in uh, Knicks Fan TV, and he used the perfect term to describe, to describe it. was CP who was describing quickly his night. Surgical. With it, right? He was surgical. He was getting what he wanted. He was very precise, getting to where he wanted on the floor and generating offense out of it. And I thought quickly set the tone right away in the first quarter and ends up going for a career high 40 points on, on such an incredible shooting number, just below 80%. On uh, the first Nick ever, I believe, to shoot 75% or better in a 40 point effort. But you know, he, he really just, he, he does a nice job. I, I don't want to call him the jack of all trades because I feel like Josh Hart has that role. But quickly does a very nice job doing whatever he's asked. Like filling in for Brunson, he'll do it. Be the sixth man, he'll do it. And he was very Brunson-like last night. Getting into the paint, using his footwork and shiftiness establishing his presence in penetration. That's very Brunson-like. And he's, he's the, his ability to dominate the paint has now become an identity for, for quickly as an offensive player. 
It has. It's it's so incredible to think about because I remembered when I remember when quickly when he first entered the league as a rookie, he didn't have much of an offensive package. He was always an offensive player, but he didn't have a ton of go-to moves. He used the floater a lot. That was his only weapon once he got into the lane. If he wasn't shooting a three, he was throwing up a floater as soon as he got past the first line of defense. And it was a shot that was very inconsistent, very up and down. But why that shot, that floater, has become now lethal for him is because he's developed so well at all three levels on the floor. Um, just watching, you know, the eye test tells you, but he's shooting 66% at the rim. For a small guard like him, that's very good. He's 41% in the mid-range. And he's 36% from three. Um, 39% on nearly six and a half attempts per game in his last 45 games. But one of the things you notice is that he's developed a mid-range jump shot to complement that floater once he gets into the paint. He now has two go-to moves. If he's not finishing down the restricted area, he's got two moves to go to. Now he's got the jump shot and a floater. He's got a move to go to outside of the runner when he's in that you know 10 to 15 feet area. And it's such a big difference to his efficiency. And just as a point guard, his playmaking, his shot creating, how about the development there? He's done very well improving on the ball. That conversation should be over by now. Whether or not he can play point guard, is he more two, is he just a tweener, a combo guard? There are definitely some things he can work on. But you can't tell me he can't play point guard anymore. You can't tell me that. He can play point guard. The Knicks went from having zero point guard depth to having arguably two starting point guards. And for being completely honest. So Quickly's point guard play has been great. Great shot selection last night. And great decision making out of the pick and roll. His first two assists on the night came out of the pick and roll with Robinson. He lobbed one up to Mitch early on. And then he kicked out to R.J. Barrett later on the perimeter. He used the pick and roll with Hartenstein as well. He used it to find Grimes. Found Grimes a number of times last night in the second half. Um, but yeah, he, he's just been a really good ball handler. And one of the things people always forget about quickly when they talk about him as a ball handler is he's very efficient. He doesn't turn the ball over. Last night, nine assists to one turnover. In 75 games this year... He's not had a single five turnover game. He's had 25 games where he's not turned it over at all. He's had 64 games where he's turned it over twice or less. He's he's just very efficient. He's turned into such a solid player. He's obviously the third best player on the Knicks. I don't think that's debatable anymore. But what I love even more is how good he is in his role. He does so well at his role. If he's asked to start, again, he'll do that no problem. If he's asked to slide over to the two guard when Brunson's on the floor with him, sure, he'll do that just fine. And I feel like that, if anything, that should work in his favor and not against him if we're talking six-man-of-the-year award because it shows versatility. 
right? It shows he, he can be both. And I feel like that, that counts as a skill from a sixth man. Um, I, I think Brogdon's probably going to get it. His numbers are slightly better in the major categories. Um, he does have a much higher three-point percentage. Uh, quickly also has a lot more games played. So that works in his favor. Um, but I think Brogdon's probably going to get the edge because Boston has been consistently a number one, number two team in the conference this year. But the fact that we can even have the conversation about quickly being a sixth man, it means nothing but good things for the Knicks. Um, this is the 25th pick in the draft we're talking about. And he's developed into a starting level player. So credit to Thibodeau for, for progressing Quickly's development here, uh, by the way. You know, for, for, for the angry Twitter betas who think Thibodeau's been this evil head coach towards the youth. Remember that narrative? Yeah, no. Quickly has developed very well under him, as have a few other guys. But you watch this kid quickly play, man, and, you know, I hate to sound like all cliche, you know, but he does play with such a poise. The confidence he plays with, it it helps you be comfortable when you're watching him at the end of games because he's a guy who should, honestly, he's a key cog at the end of games. He should have the ball more. Like, it doesn't always have to be Brunson, God forbid, Randall handling the ball late. Quickly is, 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 honestly, he should be the true secondary ball handler. If both him and Randall are on the floor together and Brunson's off the floor, Quickly should be the ball handler. He can handle those duties very well. Um, and, you know, I couldn't help but to think negative last night while I'm watching Quickly because that's what I do. Um, but I'm just thinking to myself, it's going to be very difficult to keep this kid. Because you heard the recent comments. He wants to start someday. He made it, He made that known. And I get it. Who wouldn't? You know, it's like relief pitchers in baseball. Your, your aspirations are never to be the backup. You want to go for the big thing. Right? Mariano Rivera was, came into the league as a starting pitcher. But, you know, other teams are going to offer to pay him a lot, a whole lot. And the Knicks are going to have to make decisions on paying guys soon. Um, And if Quickly wants to start, it'll be interesting to see how they handle that next season. You know, I know Grimes is probably the guy most people think of as, as going to the bench, maybe. But honestly, moving RJ in the future to the bench, if he's still on the roster, God forbid, um, I, I, I have no problem trading him. But, you know, if RJ is still here, does it cause too much noise to move him to the bench? Does it look bad? I don't give a shit about that. It can help the team. I feel like lower usage RJ can help the team. I think he plays well with the bench. He runs the transition more. Having IQ with the two, slide Grimes up to the wing. Grimes at wing, quickly at two, Brunson at one. I don't know. You know, I hate that fantasy shit. I hate looking too far ahead like that. But, you know, it, it popped in my mind. It's 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 going to be very interesting. Um, he's eligible eligible for extension at the end of the year. Um, which the Knicks can extend him. But after that, you know, his second contract that he gets will be the one that you could very well see him leaving the Knicks. Um... But the Nick defense, uh, I want to talk about the Nick defense as well when we return. Because I thought they had an interesting night defensively last night. 
I'll be right back though, we'll talk about it in a second. BD4 is located on many different platforms. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, and if you do there, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. You can listen to it on Spotify, but you can also watch the podcast on both Spotify and YouTube. BD4 is available on many other platforms as well. All you got to do is search it up. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and much more. So, last night for the Knicks, um, I mean, they gave up 115 points. It's not a ton today, but you know, the Rockets are you know, a 15-win team. It's kind of annoying. Uh, in the first half, mostly, there were defensive issues. Uh, the Knicks defense and the point of attack wasn't very good. You had Houston getting right past the perimeter and straight into the paint. They scored 58 points in the paint, 29 free throw attempts. The rim protection was at times poor. The pick and roll defense was at times poor. Um, I hate to say it because he had a nice bounce back night, um, but Julius's defense remained pretty embarrassing, honestly. There were some good moments there, but a lot of the time you see him, especially in the first half, just providing zero resistance once he gets beat off the dribble. Wasn't hedging well. The help defense wasn't great. I don't know, man. That's got to that's got to see an uptick in order for the Knicks to have success. Uh, but I will say again, they picked it up some in the second half. Again, Mitchell Robinson providing a big time spark in the third quarter with the rim protection. Um, the way Deuce McBride plays defense is also just so fun to watch. It's so impactful to winning. And I just wish we ran 10 or 9.5 even. Gave the guys 7, 8, maybe 9 minutes a night. I wish we did that. Because he just makes winning plays. There was that sequence in the fourth quarter. The beginning of the fourth quarter. Where he forces a turnover on Porter Jr. who drives. But Deuce is just sticking with him. He's right in front of him the entire time. And he kind of bumps him. Forces the turnover. And the next time down... On offense, out of the inbound, you have Deuce McBride. He drives middle to collapse the defense, and he kicks to Josh Hart in the corner for an open three. And then, on the next defensive stand for the Knicks, he goes back down, and he blocks uh, Sangoon's shot. Forces the turnover there, and it gets the Knicks out running in transition again with the OB dunk. Just There was an entire sequence of just Deuce McBride making positive impact. Uh, and just the way he gets over screens, too. It, it's like they're not even there. It's impressive. I think it was early to mid-second quarter. I saw this on Twitter. Somebody clipped it. It was a Sangoon Josh Christopher pick and roll. And Deuce McBride just goes right through the screen. Glues himself right back to his assignment. And Josh Christopher contests the shot, forces the miss. And again, the Knicks are out in the break. So, I think he needs to play... But point being, the defense last night did pick it up, and there were certain guys who were playing consistent defense from minute one to 48. Um, that said, it's still a giant concern of my going forward. But again, if you play Deuce McBride, that could help your defense. Um, and the second game ball I want to hand out is going to go to Isaiah Hartenstein. Bing bang. I thought he was very good. 8 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals, 3 of 3 from the field, 2 of 3 at the line, and a plus 32 to lead the game. 
Um, listen, he's been rebounding very well. Uh, he's playing good defense. He's rotating well in the paint. He's hedging in the paint, too. How about the, the, the pick and roll that Isaiah Hartenstein hedged in the second quarter where he got the steal? He hedged onto, I think it was Sangoon, driving in the low paint, and he forced the turnover. Um, so his defense has been there, the rebounding. His passing, man, which, which we often talk about it, you know, hitting cutters out of the high post, passing and face-up, um, finding guys back door last night. You got the outlet passes every night in the full court. But yeah, and, and half-court offense, becoming a playmaker up top has been a nice addition um, with, with Isaiah Hartenstein. And it's always been part of his game, but the Knicks didn't really use him in that role earlier on in the season. Uh, and that's actually a great segue because the Knicks offense last night, I, I thought there was such good, um, such good movement. Just movement, period. You know? Like, there was great ball movement. There was great off-the-basketball movement. They had 35 assists on the night. That has to be close to a season high if it's not their season high. And you got to credit that to guys creating their own looks without the basketball. A lot of cutting last night from a number of guys. Obviously, we, we, we saw that with R.J. Barrett. Um especially in the second quarter. And we love to get more of that going downhill like that in the future. I love when RJ receives the ball in movement like that. I think that brings the best version out of him. Him and Hartenstein work very well together. Uh, but also moving off the basketball, Josh Hart, Quentin Grimes, of course, Obi Toppin. And Hartenstein just finding those guys. You know, Hartenstein quickly, Grimes even making the extra pass on the perimeter. They all did a very nice job moving the ball. Even RJ. Grimes had a few nice passes in transition. The lob to Obi was pretty cool. A few times going to Randall in transition offense for three. RJ made some great reads. Still some bad turnovers for him. Um, you know, dribbling into traffic. Uh, so some, some inaccurate lob passes. But the passing was there. Uh, and the Knicks just, you know, they played their game. They played their game. They, they continued to pound the paint. They went 31 of 38 down there, 82% in the paint. 62 paint points, 28 free throw attempts. R.J. Barrett was 60% in the restricted area last night. Oh, I'm sorry. He was... I read that wrong. He's 60% at the rim on the season, which is a big jump from the first three years of his career. First three years, he hovered around 53 to 55%. Taking a nice jump this year. So it's not a great percentage for a wing like him, but it's it's better. It's you know he's shown improvement there. Um, in the second quarter, again, that's when he was doing his damage in that spot on the floor. Um, but back to Quentin Grimes for a second, because I think that was key, and he's gonna be key. You know, fourteen points last night, four of nine from three. Nine rebounds, six assists, and a couple steals. Double-figure scoring from Grimes, three nights in a row. Shooting 54% from three in his last five games. But again, in the postseason, when the defense is sending doubles at Brunson, at Randall, Grimes is going to be that kick-out option. 
He's their best three-point shooter. So he needs to remain aggressive like he's been lately and keep knocking down these shots because that's been an inconsistency an inconsistency for Grimes this year. A lot of it is is choosing when to attack and when to shoot. I feel like at times he chooses to attack a closeout right away instead of pulling the trigger. But last night, lately, he's been doing a nice job finding that balance. Uh, and he's knocking them down. The Knicks knocked down, Knicks knocked down 17 triples last night at a 44% clip. Um, of the Knicks who took multiple threes, Grimes was second in percentage. Uh, he was also second in three-point makes last night with four. So that he, he is the key to this team because we know the Knicks aren't efficient from three-point land. So getting a guy like Grimes who... I think has the upside to be a 40% three-point shooter on his game in the playoffs, that will be key. Um, and so that's really all I have. I mean, you got Miami coming up next. And that's, that's you know, that's going to be the one. There's a good chance that tomorrow we're either leaving in a very good mood or a very bad mood. Because if the Knicks win... Especially depending on what happens in the Toronto-Miami game tonight. But if the Knicks win, very possible they take this fifth seed. The Knicks lose. Well, then you have a whole different scenario going on. When you have the Jersey Nets still in play, it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. So tomorrow's going to have a playoff atmosphere. Um, fortunately, it's at the Garden. Thank God it's at the Garden. And we're not at Pat's Palace. But, you know, Brunson, I think, will play. Uh, I hope. Butler, I think, is sitting tonight, so he can play tomorrow. Um, it's going to be tense. It's it's not going to be easy. It's going to be tough. We know it's going to be a physical game. You know, so I'm looking at a lot of fouls, a lot of, a lot of contact. I'm, I'm looking directly at Julius Randle. Um, with Brunson back, hopefully, it could help Julius. But regardless, he has got to keep his composure. You know, he can't lose his cool. The Knicks have to have to have their full gu- their their full roster, their full rotation out there uh, tomorrow night because that's going to be the game. Um, and it's going to be tough. The Knicks are going to have to adjust on the fly. Make quick reads because you know Miami will mix up coverages. It's Spolstra. They trap. They zone. If they have to, they'll blitz the pick and roll. The Knicks have to have their heads up and they have to be aware. And I'm looking at Randall tomorrow night. He's going to have to keep his... It's going to be physical. There's going to be a lot of fouling. A lot of no calls. There are going to be a lot of no calls. So, Jimmy Butler's going to get his free throws. You know that. But I think having this game being played at the Garden makes me more comfortable. Uh, but I'm telling you, man, if this game, this, this, there's no, there's not going to be an in between. There will not be an in between after tomorrow night. We will either leave tomorrow very happy, satisfied, or we will leave tomorrow very um, pessimistic about some things. So that's it. Let's head to our final break. Get back, and we'll wrap it up with our trivia. Stay with us. Be right back. We also have a website now for BD4. 
If you go to bd4blog.com, you can find the blog, the podcast links, and also where to find me on social media. Just go to bd4blog.com. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. All right, welcome back to the show. So I just got a text from a buddy of mine. Miami got smoked tonight. They got washed. So that is huge. That's big for the Knicks. So they can, you know, there's a little wiggle room there, but we want to win. If we win tomorrow, I think all the Knicks have to do is win one more after that to officially clinch it. But if they win tomorrow, I think the Knicks are in great shape. So that's good. Miami lost against Toronto. That's huge. Wow. All right, let's get to our trivia. Wrap this up. All right, so for episode 500 here on the show, our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day is, true or false, with this win, the Knicks have now prevailed in seven straight games against the Rockets. Is that true or false? True or false, with this win, the Knicks have now prevailed in seven straight games against the Rockets. So let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. One final time, true or false, with this win, the Knicks have now prevailed in seven straight games against the Rockets. Is that true or false? All right. That'll be it. The Knicks pick up a necessary win against a miserable Rockets team. So we'll see what happens after that. Miami's going to be huge. And Miami is tomorrow night. I want to see what time that game is. be nice if it was a normal 7 p.m., 7.30 p.m. 8 p.m.s I don't love because I've got class in the morning. Tomorrow night, Wednesday, 7.30. Good. And it's at the Garden. Thank gosh. All right, uh, we might have a Yankees episode out tomorrow. I'm going to try to get one up before opening day on Thursday. But if not, I'll have our first podcast um, following the Yankees' first series of the year. And we're, we're going to be on schedule. We're going to have Yankees episodes every series. After every series, we'll do our recaps. And we'll talk about the state of the team. So I'm excited for the Yankees season, you know. I have my expectations of what will probably happen, but, you know, it's the beginning of baseball season, and it's always a fun time. All right, the Knicks win. Uh, they, they bounce back, much-needed bounce back, and, again, tomorrow night is a big one, to say the least. Later. This episode was brought to you by Anchor.